Well, that was a good introduction, eh? Um, it's good to be here, it really is. And, and the worship was awesome, guys. And, and, you know, the Bible, their worship had beautiful words in it. The Bible has beautiful words in it. But it's nothing unless you apply it into your life. Absolutely nothing. It means nothing. So you've got to apply it into your life. Otherwise, just words. You'll probably hear Daz say that. I know Daz pretty well, eh? and he does say that. Um, you know, one thing I hear a lot in, in, um, from church, people that are in church and pastors, oh, not actually pastors, but people just in the flock, a lot of them say to me, I just want God to use me. I hear it all the time. He can't use anybody who wants to sit in the church being comfortable. Because when he uses you, believe me, I'm uncomfortable. I don't want to, I'm uncomfortable standing here today. And he cannot use you while you're comfortable. Because being a servant of the Lord is all about being uncomfortable and having faith in him. Totally. That's the, that's the truth. And um, so I'm speaking on faith. And it's a testimony of mine um, just last week. I got brought out of this place that I was in last week, last Sunday, in a C3 church in Manukau in Auckland. And I've been battling with stuff. I'm going to give you a quick... Um, well, that's our conference this Thursday, Friday and Saturday. It's in um, Grace Vineyard in Christchurch. I'll speak about that afterwards. But, um, yeah, I've got to give you just a brief introduction on who I am. It's going to be quick because um, I've got a lot to talk about. So I was born and bred in Christchurch. I moved up north with my family. Then we moved back when I was 10. Um, and I left when I was almost 50. Um, for most of my life, I was boys' homes, youth prison, prison, foster homes. Um, my family was pretty broken. It was worse than once a warriors. You all know that story. It was way worse than that. Um, I was tied up with the gangs for all of my life. I was a drug dealer in this town. I also had prostitutes here in this town. It was, um, that was my life. Um, I ran the whole east side of Christchurch for drugs. And I dealt with every gang in this city um, dealing A-class drugs, methamphetamine, heroin, cocaine, you name it, ecstasies. Then I got saved three months before I turned 50. Um, been sexually abused twice when I was a kid growing up. Um, I've been suicidal, knew what depression was, anxiety, had all that stuff. There you go. Pretty picture, wasn't it? And you know what? I used to say, oh, why did I have a life like that? But tell you right now, there's no way I would have changed what I've been through now. Because it's given me the right to speak into people's lives. Because I have the right because I've walked it. Um, I don't preach out of the Bible. I don't do stuff like that. I preach from testimonies. And that's about being uncomfortable. Because you don't get a testimony unless you're uncomfortable. Because um, people, he will, God will not use you while you're sitting there comfortable. He tells me to go and speak to these people and this person, that person, this person. And I never want to go because it's out of my comfort zone. See what I'm saying? Can't use you while you want to stay comfortable. You have no use to them. None. Doesn't matter how much of the Bible you know, it means nothing to them. It's all about heart. I haven't even read the Bible. There you go. That'll upset the religious group in here. Yeah, I know the ones that I'm speaking to because you're shaking your head. I'm not here for you, though. I'm here for the Lord. And um, I haven't read it. Won't ever going to read it. I, uh, I'm, I'm dyslexic. And um, part of my dyslexia is comprehension, so I can't comprehend what I read unless I wrote it. So what I've written, I can read. But I'm not going to rewrite the Bible. It's already been done. They did a perfect job of it. I just can't read it. And it doesn't mean that the Lord can't feed me. If I can't read, he's, he's a mighty God. He's more, he's more powerful than that. And he feeds me daily because of my heart. So anyway, we're going to get cracking. 
So as you can see, I'm a bit rough and raw. He's not really going to polish me much. He's already told me. He's not going to polish me up like some. But he's going to keep me as I am. And I'm obedient. To show how awesome and mighty he is. The power that God has. So he's leaving me just as I am. Okay, so we're talking on faith and belief. Matthew 21, 22. And whatever you ask in prayer, you'll receive it. If you have faith. It's written there. It's faith. I wrote it down in faith. Well, it's tough. Our faith can, t- can take a beating sometimes. Our faith as Christians takes a beating. Because sometimes we don't see where God is. Boy, it's tough. Faith and belief are a fundamental of Christianity. That's the fundamental. Fundamental means the basis. It means the core. That's what it is. The core of Christianity is faith and belief. Believe me, if I was really to preach to you really hard, most of you wouldn't even, you would struggle to love Christ. If he was standing here with me right now, you would struggle to like him. You would struggle to love him. You would struggle to follow him. Because it says in the Bible that he was nothing to look at. He was not desirable at all. He was, he knew suffering. He knew what pain was. Life, his life was troubled. It followed him everywhere, it says. And he was of no esteem, which means he was thought of as nothing by everybody. So if you're struggling loving me, think about it, because you wouldn't be able to love Christ. It's not, it's not possible. Because he was lower than low, less than everything. And you know how we judge with our eyes. You want to think about that, though, eh? But we'll carry on. So I'm on this spectrum of Asperger's, which means basically I'm all good or I'm all bad. You know, I used to be all, I used to be all bad. But then the Lord came into my life and he changed me and now I'm all good. And I say hallelujah, I've written that at the end. All in all, I was either all in or all out. That's part of my condition of Asperger's. But I'm 110% all in now. 110% all in. I'm extremely truthful and I'm unfiltered. That has been tough growing up. Saying what's on your heart straight away. Boy, I've offended a lot of people. Because before it was pretty raw and really blunt how it came out. Now I put a bit more effort in, eh? Because <laughs> I'm trying to save some of you, eh? I don't want to crush you all. I'm trying to save some of you. I'm in the saving business now, eh? We're very gifted in one or more ways and things. Um, mine, I'm gifted in the water. I've saved countless people at sea when nobody else would go and save them, twice. Been in the paper, in the press and all the rest of it. Um, so water is mine because water is something real special to me, having Asperger's. It's a place where I'm really free. It's, it's some, it's, I can't even explain it to you. It's like being in a bath of gold. It's like being in a flowing gold. That's what it's like to me. That's what it looks like to me when I'm in it. I, I can't explain it. It's just how it is for me. Um, I've surfed stuff that nobody, most people in this country will never surf. I've gone out and seas that most people, nobody would want to go out, seven metre swells on a surfboard. And I've got a, um, I've got a water certificate. Um, it's called High Sea Surf Rescue. And it's, higher, and it's a higher award than anybody in the Coast Guard. And there's only me and two others that have it. And we got trained by the um, Tahitian Water Patrol and the Hawaiian Pipeline Water Control. And I did it in seven metre swells. And that means swimming out there and swimming back. Down at Papatoa in the middle of winter. So water was my place. Um, I also wrote down here, I, I've been criminally minded all my life. Until now, of course. Criminally minded. I had a brilliant mind for crime. 
Um, I was a money maker and I used to set up things. Um, that was then. But what the Lord, what the devil tried to destroy me with the Lord's turned around. Um, socially awkward is because I truly battled to stand in front of you all because I can't read the signs of how things are going. I'm awkward in the social circles. Uh, circles. I really struggle with it. And I pushed past it because I'm here to serve God. And I prayed for four hours this morning before I turned up here today. Just to stand here. That's uncomfortable, eh? But you can't use it if you're comfortable, I can tell you. Basically, things are, for me, black and white. That's how my life is. I am fearless, bold and courageous and I feel no pain apart from grief. And yet I have never cried until March this year. I've never cried in my life until March just gone. I didn't even know I was crying. My wife was sitting in the front. I was preaching in the church and water was coming out my eyes. And I got off the stage and went down to my wife and said, hey, something's wrong with my eyes. She goes, yeah, love, you're crying. <laughs> I'd never cried in my life because I didn't know how it felt. I was just kind of standing there looking real dumb with just water running out my eyes. I was a bit freaky crying because there was no sound coming. I've seen people crying. They're screaming and crying and howling and all kinds of rubbish. I just stand there with water just coming out my eyes. <laughs> Who's the freak, really, eh? There you go. Um, so I cried for the first time in my life in March. And boy, I didn't know how to feel about it. But God qualifies the call. He does not qualify. God qualifies the call. He does not qualify. call the qualified. God stands for leadership and service in his kingdom. Is trust in him, not any particular talent. He uses what the world sees as a weakness to show the world his power. We do not need to be super talented to change the world for Jesus. We just need to be willing to have faith in Jesus. That's the truth, hey? But I wrote down here under that. But the devil comes to rob, kill and destroy you and to disqualify you. That's what he comes for. Comes to rob you. So my Christian walk has been a breeze where faith and belief are concerned. Because like I just told you, I have a 110% faith in Christ. 110% 110% because of my mental health issue, which is now a blessing, you see. That's what it is. 110%. I'm totally dedicated, motivated, passionate, and completely blessed with full belief in Christ and God. Fearless, bold, and courageous. That's what I used to describe myself. And I'm not standing here blowing on about myself, but I'm here to preach. So much so that I've been living in full faith since three months of being saved. Do you know, full faith. If you want to test your faith... Give your wages away next week and start doing it for the next month. Test your faith and let Lord provide for you for the next month. There's a, there's a test for you. You want to see if God's going to use you? Try that. It's all good and well that we just talk about it, but try it. So for nearly five years I've been living by faith. I have no wage come in, nothing. Absolutely nothing. But God uses me. And I wrote down here. So much that I've been living in faith totally trusting God to provide all things I need. It was a massive step up of faith to take. I was three months saved, and I gave up every penny I had, my job, everything. All my drug dealing, gone. I said, right, let's see how good this God is. Let's show me how good you are. Show me that you're going to do it for me. I'm standing right here in front of you. I got a wallet two weeks ago. I haven't had a wallet in the last five years. I had to get it because I keep losing my license. There you go. That's faith, eh? Let's see how good this God is. He has never failed me, he told me. He has never failed me, not once. 
He's provided for me for the whole time. More than enough. I've gone without nothing. I have an abundance. A year and a half ago, I preached in Leaston New Life Church. And I told them I wanted a Harley Davidson. It's the only one I had. A year and a half ago. I've got three now. That's abundance. I don't have a wage. You tell me if that's not God showing favour on my life. But there was a change coming and I was unprepared for it. The test of running and organising the Ignite the Fire conference coming up this Thursday and Friday and Saturday. They're all Christians, those what guys here. <laughs> well, all three of them, two presidents of the Black Power chapter and one of my guys I've been discipling for a year. Um, but anyway, I've been running, I've got this com- conference coming up Thursday, Friday and Saturday at um, Grace Vineyard. And I've been getting hammered about it. I was unprepared. The test of running and organising the Ignite the Fire conference coming up. What the devil was saying to me, who are, me, who are you? And I was saying, I'm nobody. See, I'm nobody special. I'm just me. A person that's obedient to God. I have no other qualities apart from the ones I just shared about. But God's used me. And I was being robbed of my faith. Faith was robbed and replaced with fear. I've been fearless all my life. My whole life, I fear nothing. Nothing, nobody, nothing. But I got robbed of my faith and it got replaced with fear. The fear of failing. The fight to do a live video or a post on my Facebook page. I was fighting to actually do it. I was just battling and struggling because... I didn't feel okay. I was being robbed. I was replaced with a fear. The struggle to do a live advertisement on Radio Rima. Radio Rima, they advertised, they um, interviewed me on it twice. It was just a phone caller. Just had to speak on the phone on the radio. I was struggling. My hands were sweating. I was freaking out. I, I, I didn't know what to do, but I did it. But I battled. The battle of selling tickets and getting people to come. That's next level. That's the hardest thing to do. Daz knows. I, I've been talking with Daz about it. Man, that's uncomfortable. I mean, I've got $15,000 worth of debt of running this conference. I don't even have a job, and I've only just got a white, and it's got nothing in it. <laughs> so let's talk about being comfortable and uncomfortable, eh? So you get in the picture. So it's all trust on him. Boy, me and Dad has been having a good old laugh. Realising things were out of my control. That's what it happened. But this isn't the worst thing. There's far worse. How will I look to others? If it doesn't go well, if tickets don't sell, nobody does turn up. See, my ego's at risk. And pride and ego separates us from God. There's no room for it. But in the world, it's everything as you know. And I can't help but fall back into the world every now and again. And the ego creep in a little bit. That's what happened. People say I'm a failure. I'll be laughed about and judged. I'm feeling right now hopeless and exposed. The world says we are failures and it is a failure if it's not full. It's not what success looks like. A conference with hardly anybody turning up. But the funny thing is it is full now. And it's getting fuller all the time. There's only a few tickets left. But I went into depression and anxiety. So last Sunday I came out of it, but the week for nine days before last Sunday, I went into depression and anxiety. I never left my room. For nine days, pulled the curtains, locked my door, made my wife when she left home to lock the gate so nobody could come in. And I stayed in there for nine days. 
I kept the curtains pulled. I couldn't face anybody. Just my wife. It's the only person I could look at. I was truly struggling for my sanity. Because anybody that has depression or anxiety, you know what I'm talking about. You're really battling. And I was. And I haven't been like this since before I was saved. See, before I was saved, I was suicidal from seven to three months off turning 50. I'd gone through depression, anxiety, you name it, everything. And I was back in that place. And I hadn't been there since before I was saved. I was being robbed by the thief that only comes to rob, kill and destroy. It was like, you, know, you could imagine, my faith is solid, 100% solid like I told you. But you imagine me standing in this church in the middle trying to protect 15 balls on the ground, basketballs, and having 15 people trying to rob them from me. You can't guard it all. And I couldn't do it. And I kept getting it robbed, my faith robbed. Because every time I'd get robbed, I'd try and pray into it, pray into it really hard to get it back. But it would get robbed again. As soon as somebody mentioned conference, boom, gone again. And then I'd battle all afternoon, all night, or whatever, whatever time it was. I'd be battling hard praying into it to try to come right because I knew how important it was. But I couldn't reach out to anyone. I couldn't reach out and tell anybody. I run a thing like Pastor said, Pastor Glenn said, I run the Kingdom Brotherhood and Sisterhood and it's all about exposing yourself and talking. I'm the head of it and I've shared everything about everything but this, I couldn't tell anybody. I was really under an attack. I couldn't reach out so I had to reach in to the Christ in me. I'm a massive prayer and I pray up to four or five hours a day. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed more and I prayed more. But Sunday at C3, a revelation, the Lord said to me, I was sitting there while they were worshiping and I was speaking in tongues the whole time because I knew what I had to do. And the whole time they were worshiping, I was praying in tongues. The Lord said to me, for a breakthrough, look back. I'm going to take you back while I'm sitting there. Lord said, I'm going to take you back and see all of what I have brought you through in the past. This is what built my faith again. Trust and belief and an unwavering faith. I will not leave you. Lean into me, he said. The Lord strengthened me even more than I was before. I became more solid again. I became more committed, disciplined, and my eyes were wide open, not being deceived or robbed again of my joy to serve God. I came out of that stronger than I went into it. A hundred times stronger. I've been trying to get attacked at the moment. Nothing. Nothing. Because God made me see exactly the truth and where he'd brought me through to go forward. The Lord said, this is a parable of the great banquet, what's happening at this conference. Those that are, should be there are making excuses and telling lies on why they won't be there. And the Lord said to me, go and reach, go into the highways and the byways and invite everybody else. So I have. Our tickets went from $130 a ticket I've got them down to 70 now because I put even more money that I don't have into it <laughs> to get them down so people can come, the people that really I want there. We're doing free tickets for people that got no money because they just have to come. If it's the Lord's will, it's his bill. He's the one that told me to do this. I, I, I don't want to do this. I don't have the qualities. I, I've never run this kind of stuff. But he asked me to, so I'm doing it. And I know that he's not going to leave me. So I'm doing it. And it is uncomfortable. God wants, us, God wants us to do all we can and leave nothing out and serve him well. And in that, through him, he will comfort us. I truly have totally done all I can to run this conference. I've done all I can 
everything oh, I can and I'm comfortable now to know that I've done every, my part. It's up to God now to his. There's no failing in Christ. There's only failing in our faithfulness. Christ won't fail us. Your faith will. You have to lean into him real hard and you have to grow it all the time. Go back, look into your past and what he's brought you through to go forward. John 1.3, be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance leading to a spiritual maturity and strength. Galatians 1.10, for I am now seeking the approval of man or of God or I am trying to please man. If I was still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Proverbs 29.25, the fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. Colossians 3.23, Whatever you do, work heartily for the Lord and not for men. Last word on faith, Corinthians. God is faithful and he will not let you be tested beyond your strength. But with your testing, he will also provide a way out that you may be able to endure it. He is the way out. It says he'll provide a way out. He is the way out. I think, well, where's the, where's the door? What's he showing me? I didn't realise he was the way out. Pray into him. Ask him to come and help. He's never let anybody down yet. Everybody at Sydney is his because he's come and saved you when you needed it. Whether you like it or not, it was when you needed it. When the time was right. Um, the girl that was playing the keyboards, could you come up and just do a little bit of a jam, please? When Pastor Glenn asked me to come here and speak, I was talking about coming. And the Lord said to me, tell him, that I was going to speak about healing, bring some healing. The Lord said to me, go there and heal them. So he told me, when Glenn and I were speaking about coming here, the Lord told me, so I told Pastor Glenn straight away, there's going to be healing. Healing and faith. Matthew 8, 18, 19. Again, I tell you truly that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. Look, these scriptures aren't just here pretty words. We've got to apply them in our life. Authority coming together. The authority, giving us authority. How does healing work? It's truly a test of your faith. Healing works through your faith. And through my faith, you will be healed through Christ. But you need to do your part. God is happy to meet you halfway. That is what it takes to get healed. See, I know that there's people in here that needs healing. I know. I know. Because churches are full of broken people, pretending that they're not. I, I know. I see straight through it. The Lord shows it to me. Honest truth. You might think you're walking through here, you've got it all covered, and you look perfect to everybody else, but believe me, I see it. He's given me a gift. This is why it was important for me to get faith, my faith sorted, because he asked me to heal people. I can't heal people through him unless my faith is solid again. And it's solid. What a beautiful thing. This was three weeks ago, four weeks ago that he said this to me. And when I look at how it rolled out, he had to get me right. And now I'm right because I had to come here to heal. When God gave me this gift to use, I was with Joseph Lee at Pioneer Ministries. He goes all over the world, all over New Zealand, healing people. I went there to listen to him talk about healing and all this. And the Lord, I never heard one word. He just downloaded to me. Then he gave me the gift of prophetic 
and healing. So I claimed it and I walk in it and I'm anointed in it. And in Kaikoura, when I first got to heal and offer healing, I didn't want to do it. The Lord, I was preaching on faith and belief as well. Totally different one. And the Lord said to me, well, I was just about wrapping up. The Lord said, tell them you'll heal them if they come up through me. And the first thing that came out of my mouth was F off. That's my relationship with me and God, unfortunately. And, but the worst thing is I had this earpiece on and the speaker was right at my mouth. And I, I kind of said it under my breath, but it went over all the speakers and everybody heard it. And I looked down and Brian's looking at me and his eyes are that big because I forgot I had the microphone on me. I know. And Brian goes, um, what was that like? I go, sorry. I go over to him and whisper and says, God just told me to tell everybody, I'll heal them through Christ. He's telling me to do it. He goes, we'll do it. I said, okay then. And everything the Lord gave me, I told them. Like I'm telling you. And I offered them up. I had about 60 people come up. I prayed over them all. See, God uses me to help heal you because my faith is unwavering and it's solid. It's called faith healing. Healing in faith. But you have to meet them halfway. You have to do your share. It's not going to be a miracle otherwise. I'm telling you right now. You have to do your share because God wants to meet you halfway in everything. When you have faith in Christ that He's going to do it through you, it says the Scripture, it says, we're two of us in agreement, it will happen. It doesn't say it could do it, it says it will happen. We're two of us in agreement with something. It will happen. So if I'm standing there and I know that you're going to get healed, you better be thinking Christ is going to heal me today. Otherwise, you waste my time, you must bugger off. Because I don't have time to muck around. Truly. There's too many other people. I just don't have time to muck around. And I've had people come up and the Lord said to me, they're not ready. So I said, well, you've got to get yourself sorted out. And I go to the next person. Because you've got to have yourself in order. Fruit of the gifting. Watching people heal and get set free. Even myself. I was out fishing on this fishing trip. Buggered up my back getting to going to the trip. I fell down this um, bank. I was on this fishing boat. I couldn't even move. I was sitting on a boat full of Christians. And they were saying to me, what's happening? I said, I've told them what happened. They were all laughing. They said, well, should we pray for you? I said, actually, no, I'll lay my own hand on my own back. And I started praying. And I, and I was on my knees. I've been on my knees. I was sitting on the seat and I was grumbling. And as soon as I finished praying, I got up and stood up. And they go, you healed? I said, I'm healed, brother. Because we've got to remember about ourselves. We've got to remember to keep bringing Christ into it instead of tolerating and putting up with the pain and suffering. Okay? It's being deceived. When that happens, you're being deceived by Him. Scripture of healing. Is anyone among you sick? There you go. Okay. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call to the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power and is effective. That's what it says. It has great power and it is effective. My faith is waiting for you up here through him. So if you're struggling with, I've got it here. So if you need prayer for an increase in your faith, because you've been struggling with faith. A lot of people have got faith. But instead of it being on fire, it's like a so like, like the like the cigarette butt. Just just barely glowing. Lots of people have done that. 
When was the last time you put some water on your fire to get pumped up? So if your faith has been struggling, you need to come up. 